Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. Okay, I've got a July giveaway for you, my listeners. So over the course of this month, if you leave me a rating and review up until July 31st, I'm giving away a copy of the book, The Happy Mind, A Simple Guide to Living a Happier Life Starting Today by Kevin Horsley and Louise Fury. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. Um, So just click into your podcast app of choice. If you're in the Apple Podcast app, you can click on Library find my podcast. Um, And if it's not in the recently updated, then click on shows. You'll find it in there. Click on the cover art and then scroll down to where it actually says ratings and reviews. You can tap to rate. Um, Five stars are always welcome. Um, And then you can actually write a review. So I'm going to be looking at those all throughout the month of July. And then I'll announce the winner of the book on the August 3rd podcast. Thank you so much for always listening, always tuning in, for sharing it with your friends. I really appreciate you. And ratings and reviews are just another way for alpha females to find this show so they can start creating work-life harmony for themselves too. You've heard me sharing about my Thriving for MS guide several weeks now, but I've actually adapted it so I could create a free guide for you to optimize five areas of your life that are the building blocks of your overall health. It's everything I wish I had known to take care of myself before my MS diagnosis happened. I believe that those who thrive living with an autoimmune disease have been gifted with a sidekick and it's our duty to teach others about proactive health, even before it becomes a pain point in your life. So I've put together a guide on the five building blocks of health. You can find out how to eat right for your body, different ways of moving your body, getting yourself into an amazing fitness or movement routine, learn how to get better quality and quantity of sleep learn to decrease that stress and really manage it, and then reduce toxic load on your body. So download the free guide at bit.ly forward slash health building blocks. That's bit.ly forward slash health building blocks and blocks is plural. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please message me on Instagram once you download it and let me know how it is serving you. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 130. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Mary Shores. Mary's roller coaster life began with being abandoned at a young age and tragically losing her first child. But Mary was able to overcome life's hurdles and turn tragedy to triumph by building an eight-figure business empire at age 24. Mary is an expert in personal development, but is not a life coach. She's a businesswoman who discovered a roadmap of how to get in control of your life. She truly walks her talk by generating pragmatic solutions for people who are freaking out. Mary blends personal experience with her extensive knowledge of neuroscience and human behavior to guide businesses and individuals to defeat the freak out and create their ideal life. She's a Shark Tank style CEO who cuts through the chaos so you can change your mind, your choices, and 
your life. We just finished recording and it was a great, great chat. Um, she's absolutely amazing to talk to. Um, and you'll definitely sense her, uh, alpha female vibes in the way that she talks. She talks very similar to myself. Um, she is offering the listeners a free daily desires diary bundle. So we don't talk about it on the show, but if you want to download it, um, you can get it at maryshores.com forward slash desires diary dash bundle. So that's D E S I R E S D I A R Y dash bundle. Um, so you can grab that. Um, and it was just such a joy to talk to her on the show. So I hope you guys enjoy the chat. Welcome Mary to the show. Hello. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm so excited that we get to chat. So when I first read you the definition of what an alpha female is, according to myself and some of my podcast guests, what did you think of it? And how do you see yourself as one? The first thing that came to mind was that number one, it's a beautiful, beautiful definition of an alpha female. And the second thing that came to my mind is how that definition completely 100% embodies my ideal of empowerment. So what does empowerment mean to you? I think that we could insert your alpha female definition in, in there, but in my own in my own words, I am typically talking about things because, you know, empowerment's an interesting word. We've been using it a lot lately, especially like women's empowerment, and I find that sometimes when there's a buzzword, there's not necessarily a definition behind it. And so one of the things that I've been saying about empowerment is that it is this place from which within yourself, when you inside, outside, backwards and forwards, understand, understand what's going on in any given situation, you understand what the next steps are, and that you feel this confidence, because you've taken the time to gather information, you know, maybe you've, you've, you, although you've gone through some failures in, in life, you've reframed those to understand they were for, for your learning. You've, you've got wins behind your you know, you've got your wins that you can draw upon. And, you know, it just leaves you in this place to be able to constantly move forward. And my thought process on this is like, everything that you create, or everything that you manifest from a place of empowerment is going to show up stronger, faster, better. It's longer lasting. And most importantly, it makes a greater impact. And so that ability to make an impact, I think is like the it's like the the thread that holds the whole thing together or it's the outcome of the empowerment and it sounds like it's also the um, the outcome of this alpha female. Mm, I love that. And it's interesting because I'm a definition person. So whenever I'm trying to like break down a concept or really understand the way that people use words, like I go back to Webster's dictionary. I'm just like, what does alignment mean? What does thrive mean? Like I love going back. And so, um, it's true. Like when you go back to a definition, you're just like, okay, how does that resonate with me? And now how do I apply it to my life? So I like that you broke down empowerment because it's so true that it involves like so many different things from how we've shown up in the world, how we're learning to show up in the world, you know, teach ourselves confidence from failures um, and from achievement and use both to fuel ourselves for things that we want to do in the future based, based on goal setting. So that's kind of, that's really cool. So we read in your bio at the beginning of the show 
that, um, you know, what I got, I got sent, you know, that you describe yourself as an accidental mentor, um, and that you're also, you know, coaching, um, coaching people to really get control of their life. So I always ask my guests, how do you structure your work-life harmony? Um, and as someone that sounds like they've got a lot going on, how do you kind of, and we don't use the word balance here, but how do you harmonize your work and your life together? Well, I use a strategy. I'm a strategy person. And so right now I'm using a strategy that I developed called the core four. And in the core four, it's where you choose four areas of your life that are the most important current focus for yourself. So whether that's for your business or whether that's in your personal life, you can choose four things and all of your energy needs to needs to be put to those four things. And anytime energy is going outside of those four things, it should be a yellow flag. Mm, Okay. So what are your four? Okay. So in my personal life right now, my core four are, um, healing, which are heal. And that word is, you know, like my own very specific definition. I'm also a definitions person. So what that means to me to heal is like a total wellness, healing mind, body, spirit, you know, healing any, any, um, lingering past traumas that, that I have suffered through heartbreaks, childhood, inner core wounds, I mean, you name it, but also understanding how those, how those traumas have manifested into the physical body and taking the time to heal and nurture those things. Because one of the things that I've learned in, you know, now in the middle of my fourth decade of life is that you can, you can heal the physical body, but if you don't go to the root source, then that is going to, whatever caused that is going to manifest in something else. And, you know, we're really living in this epidemic where women are plagued with um, adrenal fatigue, autoimmune, um, fibromyalgia, you know, all these very mysterious illnesses that are debilitating. And so I figured out that if I don't want to go down that road and I want to preserve my health, this has become a huge core focus in my life. I mean, even to the point where I'm sketching out an entire another book that I'm calling Unraveled um, at that. I mean, that's like the working title right now. It's just more of an outline, but that's how important that core piece of infer- that core is to me. And then it's also my, my children because I have two teenage boys. They're 16 and 17. And, um, my older one is on the spectrum, but my kids are, they're junior and senior in high school. And as of this taping, my older one is getting ready to graduate and he's just been accepted into, uh, the U of I engineering school. And it's this big deal. You know, it's this big, it's this big rite of passage in their life as they are graduating one stage and evolving into the next stage of their life. And, and how can I, how can I, as an alpha female, support them through that phase? It's a, it's an interesting relationship with like a single mother and sons because you have to fulfill so many roles. You know, I'm trying to teach them how to be men, but I'm not a man. And so this is a core focus of mine because who they become as human beings is, is a sole responsibility that I have to do the very best job that I can with them. Now, when you say um, spectrum, because so I live with multiple sclerosis, and when I talk about um, making sure people are never really far down the autoimmune spectrum, that's when I use the term. So, are you talking autoimmune, or are you talking a different spectrum? 
autism spectrum. And you know what? I am noticing, I'm so glad that you said that because I'm noticing that word being um, used more and more. And, and it is such a, it is such a great way to describe things because hardly ever in life is something all or nothing, you know? And so it is, it is a spectrum. And so he's on the autism spectrum. He's considered, he's what's considered mildly autistic or Asperger's. Uh, yeah. So, and then the, the other core four is, um, sales for my company. So I own a collection agency that I've owned for 20 years and I have achieved massive amounts of success in my life. And the last couple of years have been, have been real investment years in my business. Like we invested in a new website. I invested in, um, a business development person that I've been personally mentoring and also, you know, sending her to a lot of trainings. And so once you have, if you own a business or you're an entrepreneur and you have a couple of investment years, it's really important to follow those up with building new relationships and, and gaining, um, gaining new revenue for your business. And what's interesting here about the core four is that, so I also, my business in itself also has its own core four. So it's not just something that I do for myself, but like different departments have a core four. And, um, then my last one is, is the development of my personal brand. So my personal brand is, you know, because I became an author in the last year, my book released in August of 2017 with Hay House, who is my dream publisher, but really like all about how am I, what is that impact that I am making in the world? What is the ripple effect that I'm creating with my book and with my brand? And, and, you know, where, where do I want to take the evolution of that? Mm, I love it. I love that you have the, the four, cause there's so many of us that do, um, you know, the goal setting at the beginning of the year or every quarter or whatever timeline, um, suits someone. And, uh, sometimes we're taught to look at like 10 different areas of areas of our life, um, and then set goals within them. And then you start to get confused. You're like, okay, so do I, do I do this one January? Maybe I can touch this one like in August. I like that you just kind of simplify your entire year down to four things. And those are your priorities. And that I think really speaks to your alpha female self. Cause I, I always say that when you have picked your priorities and you're unapologetic about them and you communicate them to others so that they know what yours are. Everyone's on the same page and it's just like, Oh yeah, gotcha. <laughs> like, that makes total sense. I love that you just said that. And I, I want to bring a little bit more clarity to this as well, because, um, that, that thing you just said about unapologetically being yourself, that's really brilliant because one of the things that happens if you do a process like this core four is that you're going to need to make decisions differently and you're going to need to stand your ground in those decisions sometimes when other people don't want you to. And also another thing that you just said too, that was the reason I created the core four, because what I found was I was in this overwhelming feeling of being pulled in 17 different directions. And so this helped me and, and really all of those extra things. So, you know, all those extra 13 things were all distractions. And so this is why the core four is very important. And I want to help to separate the core four from goal setting. Like what's different about it? Because it does sound like on the surface, it's goal setting, but the core four is something to, su to support your ultimate goal. 
So instead of looking at like, oh, my goal is to lose 20 pounds and my goal is to, you know, you could write out that list of 20 goals and then you could start to separate them and to say, okay, where do some of these match? Like, and then, so let's say my goal was to, um, and I'll tell you my own, like, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to, um, go to the chiropractor and straighten this, the curvature that I've developed in my spine. Um, I've started to have some adrenal, like some adrenal issues, like fatigue, stuff like that. And I've just, you know, I've started to realize that my, my stress level has gotten a, a bit, uh, overwhelmed. Okay. And then I lump all of those goals into one thing, which is, Heal. Heal. Yeah. And and so it's a little bit different because it's what you're doing is you're looking at your goals list and this is how you're going to support your goals and it helps you understand them. And then the other thing that I want to just a a tiny touch of clarity here, which I think is helpful, is that this core four is not on a time frame. So it's not like a year, but let's say, for example, that I reach the level of achievement that I've, that I've come to with my health, then I would actually just switch that one out. So maybe that now becomes relationships or, you know, maybe that becomes the next evolvement of that particular thing. But, um, cause I'm a big goal setter. And so then what I do with this core four is I take each one of the four and I write a separate action plan for each one of those. And like, just to give you a little example of how, um, how much easier this is like simplified decision-making in my life. It's really helped me stand that ground and be that alpha female. Um, When the book came out, my staff was really encouraging me. There's a person in town and it's a very reasonable price to, they come to your house and they cook meals. So it's like a personal chef kind of service. And and honestly, uh, I loved the idea of it, but it felt really indulgent. So I, I was resistant to the idea and I thought, no, you know, I, certainly don't need to, to be that person that can't even, you know, make dinner for myself and my children. It's really important for me that I cook meals for my, myself and my kids. So what ended up happening was my time started getting limited and limited. And I noticed I started um, getting takeout. And so after a while of this, and when I wrote the core four and I revisited that decision about the, about the chef, and I know this is just a simple thing, then it became a total yes. And I didn't do that thing in my head, you know, where you go like, oh, should I, shouldn't I, you know what I mean? And you kind of, you kind of like you're playing ping pong in your head about what you should do. Yeah. Cause you're trying to justify it. <laughs> right. And so in that moment, there was no personal drama going with this decision. And I know that that's a simple thing, but the truth is that's been, that's been how it has played out in each area of the core four. So because now, um, this personal chef, she can do any like meal plan that you want to do. And I, I decided I wanted to do whole 30. And one of the things about whole 30 is people fail because the meal prep is so specific. And because this person was handling that for me, she was doing all the shopping, she was doing all the cooking, um, that just like, it was a total match to the, to to the core four. I love it. It sounds like it's, and like what I'm hearing as you talk, like, it's like, oh, it's a core value or it's a lens that she applies that says like, if I'm presented with a decision or an opportunity, does it fall into one of my core four? And is it going to, you know, serve one of my goals really well? And so it's like, 
personal chef. I'm going to create the food that I'm going to eat so that I actually eat the fuel that is going to take care of my body and heal my body. Oh, it's totally in alignment with my healing for like, it, it just kind of like clicks, click, clicks. Totally. And it also like reduced my overall stress because I'm not, you know, think about how much brain space it takes to, to, to plan, you know, to, I mean, I'm not complaining about it, but when you have a lot of things going on and there's big changes happening in your life, just taking that one thing off my plate, you know, that's really created a lot of harmony. And it also, um, when we talk about work-life harmony, you know, if you have really huge goals for your company, um, and you need to, you know, uh, actually put in the hours. Uh, I've talked about it on the show that like alpha females need to learn where to outsource. And, um, if you need those hours to create revenue generating activities, uh, but healing and taking care of your body is super important, then how do you make that happen? Um, and, uh, that's when it just kind of all file files into alignment. So, um, yeah. And yeah. I love that because too, and I love how you took off the table or took the word balance off the table because when, when, and, and we've just gone through an exercise like this here at work, because I think that when people hear the word balance, it's like you should spend equal amounts of time when I don't feel that way at all. What I feel about balance is that all of the things that you're doing are supporting where you want to go in life. And it doesn't mean that you have to spend 10 hours a week laying on the couch or, you know, playing with your puppy because that's what balance is. But I think that because the word, you know, when you picture the word balance and you see the scales, you know, on, on either side, it's like, wait a minute, there's another way to look at this. Your life is in balance when, when all of your activities are supporting the outcome that you're looking for. To me, that's my, that's my definition of it. And sometimes that means we have to remove things. So it's all about like this, this discarding or this dis detachment of all of the things that are not in alignment. And that's another word because I had to put a definition to that word too, because that word was driving me insane. But like understanding like the real truth of the matter to like, to, 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 to cutting through all the mess and chaos of life is to get that alignment piece and understanding that part of that is saying no to everything that is outside of the, of the arrow of the direction of where your life is pointing. Yeah. I think work-life balance and why, like I've been very adamant about eradicating it from vocabularies is because of that whole scale mindset. And I think an old school way of thinking that also doesn't serve us well is the fact that work is seen as hard and life is seen as easy. And that's going to be different for every single person based on the value set of the family and like what they're trying to achieve. Because if you think like, I'm just using this as a random example, it popped into my head, but let's think of a family with like a, com a competitive gymnast child. Um, and that's technically in the life category because the parents have their revenue generating either business or they work full time. Uh, and then life is making sure their child is taken care of in the, in the competitive gymnastic world, but that's not easy. Like quote unquote, there's training and meets and travel and all of that. But if that lights the family up completely and everybody's happy doing that, um, then the hours you put into that are your choice. So that's why I built into the definition that you just simply need to stay true to your priorities and what makes you happy um, and then take care of yourself at the same time. So it's, it is such a, it's a juggling act instead of a balancing act. That's, that's really insightful. 
Um, let's get into what you're most passionate about. Hmm. I, you know, I'm most, most passionate currently, which by the way, this changes. I feel like with every decade of life, it changes. What I'm most passionate about right now is my own personal growth and development. And just like, just understanding and diving as deeply as I can into my own consciousness. Mm, That's cool. So what's the latest concept that you're loving educating yourself around? Hmm, That's really interesting. So I definitely go to a lot of, a lot of retreats, like spiritual retreats that are meditation retreats, or really just, just trying to understand as, as human beings, like who we are and the concept of we are, we are a spiritual being having a human experience as opposed to thinking of ourselves first as, as human. And so there's so many different directions. Like it's like you could spend, you could spend your entire life in this level of study and and in so many different directions. So for me, I think it really started with things like yoga and, and I'm not a great meditator. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give the impression that I'm like sitting around for 20 minutes every morning with Kumbaya with my, with, you know, in, in whatever, with my, sitting there in Indian style. It's not like that at all. In fact, I'm so busy that it's for me, it's really important that I go somewhere to be able to immerse myself into that situation. And then just being open to whatever comes and being an explorer and being curious, um, being curious because if I'm just curious to let whatever information come to me, what does, then I really don't even know. So <laughs> I don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I, I usually ask my guests, how do they nourish yourself? So outside of the whole 30 meal plan that you're um, using right now for, for fuel, um, how else would you say you nourish yourself? Non-negotiable self-care is really super, super important to me. It's one of, you know, I've got a, I've got a chapter that has a lot of focus on, on that in the book because, you know, I'm a neuro nerd, meaning like I love to study neuroscience. I love to study psychology and neurochemistry and how all of this interrelates with, with, um, ourselves, whether that be our consciousness or whether that be the way that our body functions optimally. But the truth is that if you don't take the time to nourish yourself, then your nervous system isn't calming down from all the stimulus it's getting bombarded with all day, every day. And so at different times in my life, I've needed different levels of self-care. But um, I currently say that I have five non-negotiable hours of self-care a week. So that could look like anything from what I'm doing for myself, like taking a bubble bath, or it could be um, getting a massage. So it could be, you know, eating those healthy meals or just sitting for a while in silence, just having some brain space to, to decompress. It could be getting an extra hour of sleep, going to bed early. You know, it could be reading. It can be anything that the person themselves desires to Mm do. That's so cool. It's, it's funny that you kind of segued really well into my next question in terms of like, I always ask, how do people de-stress at the end of the day? And it sounds like you've got a, a good kind of checklist of options that serve you really well. 
Well, and it's a challenge because, you know, you have to, you have to intermingle all of those things with, with the circumstances that pop up into your life. Right. So, I mean, uh, you know, I've still got two boys to take care of and they're loud and, you know, my boys are six foot four and six foot five and male teenagers (laughs) and male teenagers and they're smelly and I could go on and on, but you know, it's just, they're, they're loud. They like to play loud music. And, you know, so you can imagine that that's not the peaceful serenity uh, scene that I just described. So right now it's like, I'll go, I'll go to my uh, massage therapist at seven in the morning and see her for an appointment. And it's just like my total Zen place, or like I've got my bedroom really the way that I want it to be. It's very spa like environment. And I can go in my room and be with myself and my boys can respect that. Um, but I just want to say like you, it, when you make something a priority, you figure out how to intermingle it between all of the other stuff happening in your life. Mm-hmm, so true. Um, do you have a weekly fitness routine? So right now, this is such a great question for me because I don't, and I have been hardcore into fitness for many, many years. Um, I did kickboxing three to five times a week. And when I say kickboxing, I don't mean sparring. I mean like cardio kickboxing. It's choreographed. But I mean, like if you saw me doing it, it looks like the real deal. In fact, it's so funny because one night I was out with some friends and I was like showing off my kickboxing moves. And this guy, (laughs) I was at a party and this guy happened to be a recruiter for like UFC. And he came up to me and asked me if I wanted to like attend this tryout. And I just like, I I mean, I, I kind of played into it for a minute, but inside I was like having the best laugh ever. Cause if someone hit me, I would like fall on the floor. But, um, that's how authentic this, this, you can learn those moves. Um, so cardio kickboxing yoga was yoga for sure was all the rage. And then when I started having some adrenal issues, I realized that I needed to give my body an extreme rest and not do anything that was going to kick up my adrenals. And that's hard for an alpha female. I've just come out of two years of healing adrenal fatigue. After my MS diagnosis, I decided to do 20 obstacle course races to show the disease I was stronger than it. (laughs) Uh, And my body showed me. And so I understand in the entire time, it was really hard to tell yourself, oh, I'm not being lazy. I'm resting. I'm recovering because your alpha female ego brain or you're at the alpha side of your brain. Sorry. Like your masculine energy is like, you can do better. You like, you've got this, like, it's fine. Whereas your feminine energy is teaching you what you actually need to do to rest and recover and do better by your body. So it's a hard struggle. It's so true because, um, and, and especially when you have been hardcore into fitness and you're used to, you're used to controlling, you know, the input and output of your body. You know, you, you make all the right smoothies, you, you know, know you're, you're cataloging your gym time, you know, you're doing all of that. And that's where a lot of your personal relationships are too, is, you know, people in the gym. So to step away from that, it's, it, it affects your very identity. I can totally understand why you signed up for all of that, those obstacle marathons, because it's, it's part of your identity and we want to hold on to that identity. And one of the things that I've learned is I need to shift my perspective on that because, um, and I love it that you brought in the masculine and the feminine, because I've been really 
studying the masculine and the feminine for a few years now. And what I'm finding is that when I shift back into that fitness, I really want it to look like more dance. So I got, I love this concept of soul journey dance that's taught by Tony Burgess from Kerpalu, that it's this beautiful free movement and we can move our bodies in a way that um, is different because kickboxing is very, um, it's very specific, choppy, masculine movements, but dance is very flowy and freedom. And it's not as, uh, it's not choreographed for, you know, maybe Zumba is, but like this, the chakra dancing is more like what I'm talking about, where, where you're really, your intention is, is very different. And so, and I also think that way about some forms of yoga as well. So I'm looking forward to, um, I'm looking forward to seeing where that core four heel leads me in my, when I'm ready to step back into that fitness world. That's so cool. I had a podcast guest on the show, Dr. Robin Miller, I think if my brain recalls correctly, and she had just written a book on, um, I think it's called healed. And there's a picture of a ballroom dancing couple on the cover. And when I got her on the show, I was just like, I have to ask, why is this on the cover? And she stated that um, there are three things. um, There's a study that went on in terms of reducing Alzheimer's later in life. And the three actions were reading, crossword puzzles, and ballroom dancing. Um, And I've had a few guests on my show who call themselves like feminine energy activators. And as someone who is really good at masculine energy, I've been asking all of them, like, how, okay, how do you activate your feminine energy? Like, what does that look like? Give me tactics, like specific things. And I've had a few of them say like, how, how much do you dance? Like how often do you dance? And I've been like dancing before business calls or dancing before meetings. Like I'll go to the washroom at my full-time job and dance in the handicap stall. (laughs) Um, and if I work from home, I'll get a dance party on my fiance and I are taking ballroom dancing lessons. I've actually feel like a different set of energy in my body lately. Um, so that's really cool that you are also discovering the same. Okay. I love this question, um, because it gives us a good perspective of loving ourselves through a journey. So what's a piece of advice, um, you would give to your 20 year old emerging alpha female self? I I get asked this question so often, and I, I probably give a different answer every time. I'm going to say, don't get married so soon. Because I think that I think that who you get married to is one of the most important decisions of your entire life. And it's going to affect your level of happiness on so many areas. And we don't understand at 20 what a life-changing decision that is. And so what I love is that in these younger generations, there isn't that same expectation. Whereas I grew up in still the generation of you grow up, you go to high school, you go to college, maybe, but really, you know, we were the girls that grew up in the eighties and nineties that had this attitude like, Oh, I'm going to party until I'm this age. And then I'm going to get married at 26 and I'm going to buy my dream house at 30 and I'm going to have my child at this age. And, and it was sort of all planned out on this trajectory of milestones. 
And so what I would tell my 20 year old self is that throw out those BS milestones and getting married is the first big one. Mm -hmm. I was, um, so I was engaged to be married at what, 28, 29. And I come from, my parents are baby, like the end of the baby boomers generation. So I was still of the mindset that I needed to be married by a certain age. And I think I'm like, just like the end of that cusp. And now yeah, you were pushing it and all the, <laughs> all the millennials are now in a much different mindset because they've seen, you know, the, the rush into marriage, um, and the divorce rates rise, but I was still, you know, like my parents got married right after university. And I thought I had to follow the same trajectory. So I love that there are so many different sources of sometimes media isn't the best, but I love that there's so many conversations now so that our younger 20 somethings are hearing over and over again that, you know, there is no rush. There is no, like you don't need to force yourself and, or stay in relationships that do not serve you. And so I'm, I'm glad that we can contribute to that conversation. Um, because you are, sometimes society just teaches you something you don't really realize it's a subconscious belief, um, until hindsight, I guess. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I'm so, yeah, that's, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Is there any pain point of being an alpha female that you're currently problem solving for? Hmm. Currently problem solving for, you know, I think it's the, and I don't even know that I would consider it problem solving more as I would consider it evolving. Um, some of the things are, I'm very aware, I'm very aware of my personality and that sometimes in ways that I run my, my, my business that I have, I'm, a, I'm aware of times where I'm being controlling. I'm aware of times when, oh, I could have let someone else handle that. You know, I could, and, and I'm going through this shift of where I can teach other people how to do things sometimes even almost better than I can do them myself. And when I was younger, you know, especially in my twenties, it was that I can do everything myself. And so I, I consider it more of an involvement, but I can tell you that when I did have problems to solve, that it was when I was not in that awareness, that I was not in the awareness of how masculine energy was affecting me and how it was um, showing up in, in relationships, especially. And I found that there was this pattern of attracting unavailable men. And I think that we know from, you know, like more, more metaphysical concepts that we attract what we are. And there's this, there's this, um, I notice that when women and myself, myself included attract unavailable men, they don't realize we don't feel like we're the ones who are unavailable because we're doing the giving, you know, we're bringing forth this masculine energy and we're doing the giving instead of, instead of being the receiver and that we're doing that on some level to protect ourselves from, from being hurt. If I give so much, then I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing everything possible. Yes. And we don't necessarily, I think that for me, it's been more difficult to receive. So that's the, that's been a struggle. But what I learned from this is that when you are protecting yourself for whatever reason, and it's different for everyone, but when you are in a protective stance, it shows up as a posture 
in your body. And that men, they have these instincts that they can read our body language. And so they notice this and you can't be both protecting yourself and emotionally available at the same time. And so one of the big lessons I've learned like in the last year, as I've paid attention to this is the fact that I did not want to own it, that I was attracting, attracting what I am. And now I am very much owning that. And so that's also got, that is also something that's in the core four of heal, because that is one of the things that is, is being healed. That's interesting. And I, I, I guess that take like that could, we could go down a whole other wormhole that, um, it, there's a, there's a about there, there's a balance in giving and receiving and, uh, you have to be so self-aware to really start learning about that. Um, and, you know, quote unquote, working on it. Um, so I love that that is your journey and thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, all right. That brings us to my favorite question of the show. Um, but please let us know what is your definition of happiness? Yeah, I loved this question. So my definition is happiness is an emotion. It's a state of being, which is achieved when you have a healthy mind, body, and spirit, a spirit. It's so and you have cool. a high level of acceptance of what is. Mm, I love that. And I love that you brought spirit into it. Um, thank you so much for how you're showing up in the world and the work that you're doing and for taking time for us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I loved it, Robin. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. It's the most popular mushroom product on the market, and I've actually been drinking their Shaga tea even before they sponsored the Tim Ferriss podcast. So I figured it was about time I got you guys a beautiful discount so you could snag your own mushroom coffee, tea, or hot cacao mix. I'm obsessed with the Shaga mushroom tea. I drink it in the afternoon for a really high dose of antioxidants. And then the hot cacao mix with reishi mushrooms is my favorite for an evening treat if I have a sweet tooth craving. So use the promo code alphafemale at checkout for 10% off and you can shop on their website at foursigmatic.com. For the listeners of the Alpha Female podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast up of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. And just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbeldrin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.